It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, what's going on today? Not a whole lot. Doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, doing well. Uh, so we've got a few general NFL news things to touch on, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Titans wide receivers core, which is always an interesting conversation, and for years it's probably been the most debated, outside of a quarterback, obviously, it's probably been the most debated position on the Titans roster. So we'll get into a little bit of the, the state of the wide receivers on this team. Before we do that, again, encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, Locked on Titans, iTunes, Stitcher, or on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, do that. We write from MediaCityMiracles.com, covering the Titans for SB Nation. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry is at TLambertFB. And the podcast uh, Twitter account is at LockedOnTitans. So you can check all that out, subscribe to that stuff, get the newest stuff as soon as it's available. Uh, we have a few coordinator hires to talk about off the top. Um, yesterday, I think, so we're recording this on Tuesday, Yesterday, I was announced the Colts had hired Nick Sirianni, I think is how you say it, as their offensive coordinator. Uh, he was the Chargers wide receivers coach last year, which means he coached under Ken Wisenhunt, which is always a good idea to get somebody off the Wisenhunt tree. Um, but anyway, so that's who their OC is going to be. Uh, you know, our, our main concern when Frank Reich's name first got brought up in Philadelphia was that DeFilippo would go with him. He went to the, the Vikings as their offensive coordinator. So I mean, that happened before Wright got the Colts job. So we knew, obviously, DeFilippo wouldn't be the guy there. Don't know anything about Sirianni. Um, I, I don't know if it was announced or not if Frank Wright's going to call plays. Um, that'll be something to monitor. So, you know, just, just seeing how all that breaks down. I mean, I don't know. I, I think the Colts, I, I would be happy if I were the Colts with, with how they ended up. And I, and I think we talked a little bit about this in the, on the last show. After everything that went down with Josh McDaniels to get Frank Wright, get somebody off that Eagles offensive staff, I think was a good get for them. So we'll just kind of keep an eye. We don't know anything about this guy. So we'll see how that plays out. The other thing that was announced earlier today, Mike Shula uh, is going to be the New York Giants offensive coordinator. Now, Shermer's going to call the plays there, so Shula won't have um, play-calling duties there. He was obviously the, the offensive coordinator at Carolina for the last couple of years. They had, some, they had a couple of good years when Cam was playing well. Cam started to not play as well, and things kind of felt, had fallen off there, so they moved on from Shula. So, I don't know. I mean, kind of two pretty underwhelming hires, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, and it, it was just, for the Colts, it was more of a matter of everything had been picked over. You know, you, you got all these staffs in place. The Colts were last anyway, and then, you know, everybody's thinking the, the coaching cycle hire is over, and then all of a sudden, bam, they've got to come up with – a whole new staff, uh, except for the couple of holdovers from McDaniel's uh, that that he had started to put together. So, an unfortunate situation uh, for the Colts. If you're a Colts fan, uh, but from a Titans perspective, you got to kind of like it because it's just it's going to be an underwhelming staff, at least on the surface. You know, all that could change, but uh, not a lot of top names are, are left on the board for the Colts. Yeah, and you know, again, the whole McDaniel's thing. We talked about that at length when it went down. Um, and, and I guess, you know, it, it is unfortunate for them. But, I, you know, I don't know that it's the worst thing ever, and we'll, we'll see how all that plays out and what McDaniel's future is. I mean, I think at this point you have to assume that the only place that he will have a chance of being a head coach again is, is with the Patriots. We kind of talked about that. So, anyway, that, that's just kind of what the, the hiring news that has gone on in the last couple, of, last couple of days. And, you know, we're in one of very few slow periods as far as NFL news is concerned. 
you don't, you don't, we don't have any looks these days with the cycle, but kind of this period right here between Super Bowl coaching hires and the combine, there's just not a lot that goes on. So still being a couple of, of weeks away from the combine, we'll take this time to really kind of break down the Titans roster as it stands now and, and kind of some ways we think they can go uh, in, in the future. So uh, like I talked about from the beginning, coming over this, we'll talk about the Titans receiver core, what we see as being holdovers from this, this last year's team and where we think they can improve heading into 2018. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the locked on NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been uh, complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3 what's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better I thought this past year which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we know the Titans spent the fifth pick in the draft on Corey Davis. Uh, that was an obvious thing for John Robinson was upgrading playmakers on the outside for Marcus Mariota. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to see a full season from Corey Davis, had a hamstring injury that bothered him in camp and then cropped up again during the year. So he wasn't full strength for really the vast majority of the season. Um, you know, and, and so we unfortunately don't really know what his potential is at this point. We saw a flash of it in, that, in the playoff game against the Patriots. Had two touchdowns in that game, had a great one-handed catch in the end zone. So, I mean, we, we know the talent is there, but we didn't, we didn't get to see it really fully realized this year. But, I mean, I think at this point, it's it, we can still assume he's going to be a good player, I think, with the upside of still you know being that number one dominant guy that they hope they were getting with the fifth pick. Um, outside of that, the addition, the biggest addition to the, to the group was Eric Decker uh, last offseason, and that signing ended up just not, not really – nothing came of that. Uh, Decker wasn't as good even as he had been in, in previous years. He dropped a lot of passes. He himself was injured. Um, and so didn't get missed out on a lot of that time in camp and stuff that you, that you would have hoped that he would have gotten with Mariota to kind of get in that rhythm. So, I mean, overall, it was a pretty disappointing year for the group. I mean, you had Richard Matthews, who was still solid. And, I mean, that's, that's who Richard Matthews is. He's a solid number two. Um, we saw flashes from Taewon Taylor, but uh, it just seemed to be inconsistent. Now, I, I, I hesitate to, to put too much of that on just him because we know about the limitations of this offense, of his offensive staff. Everybody seemed to struggle with it at times. So I think that we can still say the jury's out on Taylor. Can he still be that you know third or fourth guy that can provide speed and a spark? I mean, I think he can, but it, we'll kind of have to wait and see how this new staff views him and how they're going to use him. Yeah, and for the first time, uh, really, in, in years, uh, probably my first year writing for the site, the Titans don't really need a receiver. You know, it's not the number one need on the needs list for once. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, you think you've got your outside guys, Rashard Matthews, Corey Davis. They're going to be coming back next year. You hope Taewon Taylor can grow into that slot role. 
um, that Eric Decker kind of manned this year. And then there's a possibility that Decker can come back. It, it all depends on how this staff views him. But uh, he was just kind of underwhelming. Uh, looked old. He's not a guy that's going to win with movement anymore. And, you know, if he starts dropping balls like he did down the stretch, then what value does he have? Um, so, I, you know, I'd still be surprised if Decker came back. Certainly hope that Taewon Taylor can kind of grow into that role that, that Decker played last season. I think it's what he was drafted for. Uh, smaller guy, he's not going to really win on the outside, but you talk about those quick routes, those seam routes, all the things a slot receiver is supposed to do, he has the ability to do. Uh, but, you know, you saw the headaches with him. You, you saw the miscommunications. Uh, but really that wasn't specific to him. Uh, you saw him with Corey Davis. You saw him with Rashard Matthews. You saw him with everybody. So um, I still think Malarkey's scheme really, really handicapped the receiver specifically. Uh, it just seemed complicated. You know, guys didn't seem like they knew what they were doing. Uh, guys didn't seem like they knew where they were supposed to be. Uh, it seemed like if there was an option route, it was really easy to mess those up. Uh, you just saw a bunch of people end up in the wrong spots, and, and you know, Mario thought they were going one way, and, and they didn't end up there, and it ended up in a turnover. So, um, those are your top three. Uh, I, I, the guy that that is interesting here to me is Tajay Sharp. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't play this year, but he's expected to come back. You know, Jim Wyatt said that that he was ready to go. He was ready to get back at it. Uh, so he's interesting as a guy that can slide in behind Davis or Matthews and be that fourth guy. Because, honestly, if Decker's gone, the Titans really don't have a fourth or fifth guy. So I still think you could see them add a couple names, maybe a veteran. Um, uh, nothing big, but a, a veteran on a small contract uh, or maybe a late-round pick. Uh, what do you think about adding a couple receivers to the mix? Yeah, I think it's a good point. I think uh, mentioning Tajay Sharp is important as well because people forget about him. Uh, he's another one of those guys that everybody falls in, fell in love with in training camp. And, um, you know, then he had, a, he had an okay rookie year, 41 catches, 522 yards, two touchdowns. Wasn't able to play at all last year because of an injury. But he does come in, and, and I mean, is a guy that gives them some depth. I don't think, you know, I think some people thought he was going to be a number one receiver, which I think is a little bit ridiculous. But I do think he's a solid guy that can help you in your rotation. So hopefully he's, you know, healthy and ready to go. But, yeah, I do think they need some depth at the position. They could use a, another veteran guy in there because all these guys that we're talking about, with the exception of, um, Rashard Matthews are, are first and second year guys. I mean, Sharp's technically a third year guy, but missed the, the entirety of his second season. So very, very young at the position. Could use some veteran presence there. And again, that's what they thought they had in Eric Decker. I think that was part of the reason they signed him. I mean, obviously they thought he could be productive on the field as well. But um, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. And like you said, it is weird that, that it's not the number one thing we're talking about because it has been for so many years here. I, I think it's still a need as far as they need to they need to add some to the group, add some competition and that kind of stuff like we talked about. But it's not you know one of their biggest needs that they have somebody to come in and, and step in and play right away because they think they have the guys there. Um, just one thing we were kind of talking a little bit about before we jumped on here. Uh, they talked to Rob Moore, Jim White did the other day, and um, he had a lot of good things to say about Corey Davis and, and his quote from Wyatt's article. I think at the end of the day, the key is for him to get himself healthy, again, talking about Corey Davis, so he can go out and show the talent that he has. I think once he gets that done, everything else will kind of take care of itself. 
at the end of the day, it comes down to discipline, focus, and really doing the intangible things that he's going to need to get done to be the player he wants to be. So, I mean, you know, again, Terry was the, you know, he was the champion for Corey Davis last year, all offseason leading up to the draft. And so we're obviously believers in Davis and what he can bring to the table. You know, Rob Moore kind of says the same thing there. He's got to get healthy. And then there's stuff I'm sure that his, his NFL game still needs, uh, you know, to he needs to refine and that kind of stuff. Part of, you know, running better routes and, and, and understanding how to get open and all that stuff in the NFL. But I still think that th- this group has, like, between Davis and Matthews, I think you have the ability there to have far and away the best one-two punch that they've ever had here because I think Davis's ceiling is higher than anybody else they've ever had. I mean, think about it to this point. Who's the best receiver that's ever played for the Titans? I mean, Randy Moss. <laughs> but, I mean, who's, who's the best receiver that has ever actually been productive for the Titans? Derek Mason, uh, right? I mean, he, Kenny he's got to be – for two games. Kenny Britt, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, so, I mean, you know, I think Davis has, has a ceiling that, that goes far higher than Derrick Mason's, and Derrick Mason was a really good player. But I, I think Davis can bring a lot more to the table. So I, I think in Richard Matthews is better than, because, I mean, who was the best number two they had with, with Mason? Drew Bennett, Justin McCarrens. I mean, again, guys that were fine players, but Richard Matthews is better than those guys. So I, I think they have the most top-end talent that they ever had at the position. It's just a matter of getting it all together, getting everybody healthy, getting everybody on the same page. Yeah, if you ever want to get depressed, go back and look at Titan stats from five, six, seven years ago, and look at the, who the receivers were. They just Ugh. haven't had anybody. Uh, it's been it's been cheap free agent signing. It's been mid round draft picks that have failed. It's just been just a wasteland. So Corey Davis is going to bring them out of that. I'm confident in that. You know, he didn't have the numbers, but nobody had the numbers in this offense. It was just this offense was so bad. But I think if you watch the games, you saw him come open. How many times did he come open? How many times did Marcus Mariota overthrow him? Um, so I think those two are lacking chemistry. Uh, again, I think it goes back to the scheme, and it, it's probably best to just throw out that and, and start over uh, with LeFleur. Um And you look at what the Rams did last year. Uh, Robert Woods really came on and emerged as a number one receiver. Uh, really out of nowhere uh, because he did nothing in Buffalo. So uh, that kind of gives me hope for Corey Davis and even Rashard Matthews, you know. Um, It's just seeing what they did with that offense as a whole, you know, from the run game all the way to the receivers to Jared Goff, everything clicked. Everything took two, three, four steps forward. Um, So that gives me hope about Corey Davis. Uh, obviously, the main thing is just staying healthy. You know, I, I think we kind of undersold what missing camp meant to him. Um, clearly, the offense was was complicated and, and complex, and and he needed to dive into the playbook, and he didn't get that time. You know, and then he came back out and, and hurt himself week two and, and missed what five six more weeks. So, getting him a full off season. A healthy offseason, getting him in the new playbook, getting in time with Marcus Mariota, I think you're going to see a huge jump out of Corey Davis. Yeah, and again, I just I would caution being too overly critical about anybody based off of what happened Absolutely. last season. Just I, I just I'm just telling you, and maybe maybe we'll be proven wrong, but it, it's it's my belief, at least for the time being, that that offensive system was so bad that it hurt everybody that played in it. 
now again, we'll, time will tell on that, but that, that's where I'm at right now. So, yeah, I mean, I mean you're, overall, just kind of wrapping up this discussion, you're excited, I think, about the potential that this group has. And, you know, I think there's still good stuff to come from guys like uh, Corey Davis and um, even Taewon Taylor. So, I mean, I, I think we can see them grow in this new system, and hopefully that's, that's what we'll get. Hopefully Rob Moore will be a guy that can come in and really uh, get the best out of them, motivate these guys and, and teach them the system, get them to play within it. And, um, again, I, I think this offense has playmakers. Maybe they didn't use them right, but I, I think they, they have plenty of playmakers to be a prolific offense. So we'll see how it plays out. Anything else receiver-wise we need to hit on? Is this the year that Harry Douglas leaves us? I, I think <laughs> I, I do think so. I think with Mike Malarkey, uh, you know, Harry Douglas's number one fan. I mean, I think Mike Malarkey is probably a bigger fan of Harry Douglas than anybody in Harry Douglas's family. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we will we will not see Harry Douglas on this roster in 2018. Um, so, you know, there, there's that to look forward to. Um, apologize for the any audio issues that we had there in the middle. Was sitting outside. And uh, truck decided to back up right in front of me, so that was that was fun. Um, but anyway, so that'll do it for today. Um, we're efforting some guests here. We're going to get with Dan or- Orlovsky sometime in the next week or so. Uh, got a few more things that we're trying to line up uh, just to get some different voices on here to talk about guys um, and and some guys that, that do take a take a look at film and, and study these Titans players. So uh, we'll have some exciting stuff coming up for you. In the meantime, check out MusicCityMiracles.com. Again, we'll be covering everything uh, Titans-related there. Uh, Plenty of discussion to be had about different things, so check that out. Again, please subscribe to the podcast. Follow on Twitter at LockedOnTitans. So um, that'll do it for today, and we'll be back with another episode in the next couple of days. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we will talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.